Hey guys, welcome to Discover Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today is Monday. Today is a Monday upload, so that means we're going back into scriptures. We are entering chapter 9 today for the book of Romans. And uh, today is going to be something interesting because I haven't read this chapter in a while. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to do what I usually do uh, with uh, when I read the scripture. Man, my Bible's bright. Um, so I'm going to read the scripture. And we're just going to see what the Lord does, because this is how I actually read the scriptures all the time. You know, when I have a book that I haven't read, or I haven't read in, in years. And um, it's interesting because when we read the scriptures, we we read and then we just, I don't know, I, it just feels like the last time we read a book or something or a verse or a chapter, it's like during that time, everything just passed by, you know, like we didn't even really grasp. Uh, mainly because also our faith is growing every single year, every single day, which we have a deeper understanding now of who God is through our relationship with him and we start to see these wonderful things and also the word also matures our faith it feels like we're reading the book all over again you know and something we missed last time something we just did not really understand that we just didn't see because we didn't see god that way or just differently he just i i don't know it's just it's just crazy so i want to do this today with this chapter just read it as it is and we're going to discover him you know let's see what he does let's just see what he does right um, all right, let's just start from the beginning. I remember this chapter being very um, historic. In other words, he was just like mentioning some people, especially the people of Israel. So let's see what happens. Uh, okay, chapter 9 says, With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. That's interesting. Like he's saying, like, I would rather be cut off from Christ. Like I would, if it was possible to do absolutely anything to have the Jewish people believe in Jesus, if it was anything, even if that means, you know, if the one thing that I, ha if I could do to have them saved is for me to be cut off from Christ. Like, in other words, like Jesus, like. Pretty much him sacrificing himself from the uh, from the gospel or um, being cut off. Like, God, like, take me out of Christianity as long as you save your children. You know, that's, that's what he's saying. It's like a, a sacrifice kind of thing. It's like, it's interesting because now he's having this heart of Jesus, right? He was cut off. It's like he's actually saying here he's representing what Jesus did. The father, Jesus, the son was cut off from the father. And that was causing our salvation. If it was possible for me to be cut off from my from from Jesus himself, from 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 what he's done for me, just so they can be saved, just so that I can die for them in, in a sense, I would totally do that. And it's in a sense he's actually doing that every single day. He's preaching the gospel, he's denying himself, he dies to himself every, every single day so people can actually live. So he's sharing the good news and it's all he does. It's, it's, all, it's what he's doing for, right? It's interesting how he says that. Now it says, for they are the people of Israel chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them and gave them this law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. This is awesome because this is obviously what, you know, he sees in this people. And that's actually very true. Before Christianity, before us, you know, it was just the Jewish people. It was just um, the people in the Old Testament. This was before um, we were all considered his children. We, were, we are all adopted. But these people aren't. They're legit Children from God from the very beginning, since uh, Abraham, right? So this is just saying. Uh, let's see what else. It says chapter 5. Uh, sorry, verse 5. 
I'm going to read that one more time because I, I love that verse. He says, he gave them the privilege of worshiping him. Like he, they give him the revelation of God uh, before us. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their ancestors and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as human, uh, as his human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That's what it says. Um, so yeah, it's just emphasizing the fact that the Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation was, is the children of God, you know, and it was, it's still the first in line. You know, it's like if you adopt a child um, versus your actual born child, you know, your, your legit biological son or daughter. And uh, it's just comparing these two, you know, we are the adopted, but there's these people who are the legit ones that are, they come from God himself. And that's the Israelites. Uh, verse 6 says, When then has God failed to fulfill his promises to Israel? No, not for all. No, for not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be continued. Though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will about I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor Isaac when he married Rebekah. She gave birth to twins, but before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received the message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their own good or bad works. Um, it says she, she was told, uh, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scripture, I love Jacob, but I reject that as so. Are we saying then that God is unfair? Or co Of course not. For God uh, said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. I love that. It's his mercy. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop there because there's, there's a big thought, you know, in this. Um, obviously, he started this chapter saying, you know, that the Israelites are the children of God. It's like, and I love it because he's, he's practically saying like, Man, I wish you guys had this salvation, this revelation of Jesus. Like, if you accepted him, you'll be saved. You'll be considered even more deeper into the real things of God, right? But now it's actually going into this reality of, okay, so even just because you're a Jewish person or you're, you're an Israelite doesn't mean you're, you're a child of God. You know, it's like the descendants come from there. You come there, but at the same time, it's no longer just being an Israelite. Like it's saying, this is why he was actually emphasizing this at the beginning. That's why he says that my heart is filled with bitter sorrow and ungrief and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. You know, you guys had everything. You guys were the children of God. But now it's not, now he understands that it's not just being born from something. It's actually Christ now. And now he's actually giving this explanation how it's not just being a son. It's not just being an Israelite. It's not just having the descendants of Abraham or, or Isaac. It's saying like, even though Abraham had two like he had multiple sons he had multiple children um only one was considered the, the son of the promise that was isaac in other words it's not just because you're a son so just because you're an israelite or a jewish person doesn't mean you are saved because now after all of this jesus comes in play and it's only through him and by believing in him just like we've been speaking of before right so it's like it's the promised one right so that's what we're going through right now
I love that it says like it's we can either work we can either work for his mercy or choose it. He chooses who to be merciful to. And by his loving grace, he sends his one and only son. And it's only by through him that we can have eternal life and salvation. Be considered his true children. Now that's why I love uh, verse seven it says being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. You know? So it's it's just going into like, you know, a little bit of history and the reality of what makes us real children of God at this point in time? Uh, verse 16 says, uh, 17, it says, For the scriptures say, For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you, to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some, and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. Well, then, you might say, Why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? I feel like we're going to something deep here because people actually do ask these questions, right? You know, if if God glorifies in someone who's doing wrong, I mean, are they, you know, are they going to hell? And is it unfair, you know, that he's going to be going to hell or not? I don't know. That, those kind of questions are, are rising up, right? Now, this is interesting because this is what he says. He says, uh, I'll read that one again. Why does God blame people for not responding? That's like people might say that, right? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? Like it's just destiny, right? Isn't this just my destiny? Then he says, no, don't say that. This is Paul saying, who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for a decoration and another to throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has a right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. And we are among those, turn the page, uh, he selected both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Uh, concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who are not my people, I will now call my people. I will love those whom I did not love before. And at that place where they were told, You are not my people, and they will be called children of the living God. There they will be called children of the living God. And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are numerous as the sand as the seashore, only a remains will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in other place, in another place. If the Lords of Heaven's armies had not spread a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. 30 says, What does this all mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. I love that. And it was by faith that this took place. We just mentioned this before, right? In other chapters. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get rid with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Interesting. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of trusting. Instead by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock of their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble. A rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Man, I love this. I love this. I love this. Man, I'm going to end this here with this podcast. Um, man, I just, it's a cool. I mean, in the end, this entire chapter, this was chapter nine. I read the whole thing. Was just basically Paul giving an, an illustration 
of what it really means to be adopted, you know. Um, obviously, where we actually come from and the mercy of God, you know, it, it's all him. You know, he's pretty much just saying, you know, it's him who does all these things. He actually, because we were just actually mentioning, you know, like people who say, oh, well, I mean, why do we even bother, you know, accepting or doing something good or bad if God's going to just, you know, that everything's destined, you know. And it's just interesting enough, he even says here, like in the scripture, you know, those who were not meant, those who were not called my children are now called my children, you know, like they will be saved. Those who I hated, now I, I call them my children, you know, stuff like this. It's like, okay, we don't understand God at all. You know, when we say, oh, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's he's in control. No, I mean, in the end, we weren't called to be children. Like this wasn't meant for us. It was meant for the Jews. That's why Jesus came to the Jews first as an Israelite. But then it says those who rejected him. Remember, I think it was in a Friday upload that I said, mentioned that verse. Um, that stone as well, like he mentioned here, that stone that makes people stumble. It's the stone that was rejected is now considered the cornerstone. Right. So in the end, there's no way to really say, OK, are we destined or we're not? I mean, that's not really the point here in this in this this chapter. More importantly, we all have the ability to to have grace with God and mercy and receive his mercy and be saved. Why? Because what Jesus did for us. And especially to us who are not considered children of God, children of Abraham, we are all adopted into this sonship because of what he has done. He has shown us all his mercy. He has shown us all the way to salvation, everyone. And that's why he says, man, I would give up my life, Paul says, for the Jewish people to finally see this. That it's not by completing the law, not by being a Jew, not by doing this or that, that makes you saved or right with God. No, it's actually just being with Jesus. It's spending time with him. It's receiving him as your Lord and Savior. It's actually receiving by faith what he has done so we can actually have this complete access to him. Right? And it's only by his grace. It's only by Jesus Christ. I can't wait to get into chapter 10. This is, this is a good chapter. Uh, I'm going to keep it very short for today. But this is something I just wanted to remind you that we all have this access to his grace. We have this mercy at our hands with from the Lord, you know, that he has shown us. And us who are not Jewish people, us who are not Israelites, man, how grateful we are now today to be able to be adopted. You know, imagine a person, someone who's been adopted out of foster care or something like that. You know, I, I, we see all the stories, you see the movies, how children want to a family they, they want to be with someone and um how grateful they become when they find someone right same thing with us like we were all of orphans we were all abandoned children before we were uh before we met him before he called us to him and now we have the ability to be standing right with him and he is our father our heavenly father our number one and it's we can we have the access of a son as adopted children we have the privileges of his son to us We'll get into more probably this Friday. Um, actually, no, we're talking about surrendered on Friday, but um, probably in the next next uh, podcast, we'll talk about the reality of being a son um, on this uh, podcast for uh, Jesus Talks. So, guys, thank you so much. I just wanted to read that chapter real quick to you guys. It was awesome. Uh, just reminding us how God is so good to us and that we pray for those who are not with him. That we continue to pray for those to really receive the joy of salvation, which is actually knowing that we are adopted to one Heavenly Father. 
Right, guys. So I pray for everyone that they just to receive this more, they to re, to that they experience this reality more and more every single day, so we can actually have a full life with our Father at hand constantly, you know, in our lives. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Praying for you guys all. I bless you. I pray you're doing very well and staying safe, uh, especially in these crazy times, man. God is doing some crazy things though behind the scenes. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bless you.